I sense there's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place this morning. And that God is working in hearts and lives of individuals. I invite you to take your Bibles, if you would, please, and turn with me to 1 John. We are studying 1 John, and we're coming to the second chapter of 1 John. And we're going to begin reading in verse 3. I had thought that we'd read just through verse 5, but I believe we'll read through verse 11, because we're going to take up all these first 11 verses of this chapter uh, here today. You know, each and every time I stand and preach, or each and every time a preacher stands and preaches, you have three different classes of individuals that is in that audience. There are those that do not know the Lord, do not know the Lord at all. Then there's those that are not sure that they know the Lord. They might hope they might know Him, or maybe they might know Him. And then thirdly, there's that group that knows without a doubt, as sure as if they're already in heaven, they know the Lord, and they're serving Him, and they're living for Him. John is an individual that is bringing before us an understanding of assurances of salvation. I'd like to just give you a threefold test just for a moment. It's a very simple test, but it's a test that I think what John is leading us here today. What's the true test determines a man's faith is really real or not? One word, obedience. Number two. What one word determines whether a man is a professor of salvation or a possessor of salvation? One word, obedience. Number three, what is the single greatest thing God wants from you? More than anything else, more than your time, more than your talent, more than your tithes. More than anything else, it is obedience. And I believe that that is the number one cry throughout the Word of God is obedience, obedience. Jesus said something that was very important. John chapter 14, verse 15. He says, if you love me, You'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So what I'd like to do today, I'd like for us to study this passage of Scripture around that topic of obedience, of how important obedience is in the life of a believer. It's amazing of how you observe obedience of how it determines who you are and what you are and where you're going. That songwriter put it so well many years ago, trust and obey, 
For there is no other way to be happy in Jesus. If you really want to be happy in Jesus, my friend, you're going to trust him and you're going to obey him. So with your Bibles at hand, would you stand with me as we read these verses of Scripture, starting with verse 3. Listen to what the Scripture teaches us. Now by this, we know that we know Him. It's amazing of the number of times that He uses the word know. He wants you to be a child of God that knows the Word of God. And he wants to know, wants you to know of what you possess in the Lord Jesus Christ. For he says, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. In other words, what he is saying, that his life doesn't match with his talk. He says one thing and he does something else. He says in verse 5, But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected, is matured in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him and ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know whether he is going. Because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Father, in Jesus' name, we come together today. We want to be obedient children of God. We pray, dear Lord, that you will allow the Spirit of God to lead us and guide us and direct us. And that our walk may match our talk and our talk matches our walk. Help us, dear Lord, to be children of the light and the children of God that will display the truth of the Word of God. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Anoint us with your power. And may the truth that comes forth out of my lips will flow from my heart from the very lips of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, dear Lord, for speaking to our hearts already. Here in this hour. For we ask this in Jesus name. Amen. Just how important. Is obedience. You say well pastor it's very important. 
Do we have a visitor's card? I don't think he'll bite you. Yeah, he just... Hungering for the word of God. That's all right. You help me stay on track and I'll help you stay on track. All right. All right. Obedience is is very important in the life of a believer. And I want us to look for a few moments and to see how obedience affects every area of our life. One of the great, great desires of a child of God, I believe, is to have the assurance of salvation. I, I, I feel sorry for individuals today that who struggle over and over and over again. Am I saved today or am I lost today? And they're struggling constantly with assurance. Assurance of salvation. One of the things that John writes before us today is assurance of salvation. Assurance depends upon our obedience. Look what he says there in verse 3. Now this, now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Assurance with obedience is certainty. Assurance without obedience is presumption. Did you hear what I said? Assurance with obedience is certainty. In other words, that if you're a child of God, you're going to have a a flaming desire within your heart to be obedient to the Word of God. One of the true things that you can understand if if you're a child of God is that there is a desire within you that wanting to obey the Word of God and to be in the center of His will. In other words, obedience is the test of our profession. Look what the Bible says in verse 4. He who says, I know Him and does not keep His commandments, look what he says, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. You're telling me that I'm a child of God and yet you don't have a desire to keep the commandments of God. The Bible says you're a liar. And the truth is not in you. In other words, you say one thing and you do something else. John, I mean James chapter 2 verse 18 says these words. Listen to what he says. But someone will say, you have faith. And I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Assuring the fact that a child of God has an earnest desire to profess what he believes. I believe one of the greatest problems in our society today is that we've got too many people in our churches today professing something that they do not possess. And how that has hurt and hindered the cause of Christ in such a way that we probably can never imagine. I hear people say, if that's the way a Christian is supposed to act, I don't want to be a Christian. 
They're professing something that they're not possessing. Salvation bears witness in my life and in your life in at least one of two ways. Number one, number one it bears witness with the Word of God. The Bible says these things that you have written unto me that ye shall know that you have eternal life. These things that have been written by the Word of God, that I have allowed it to be adopted within my life and to govern my life and to lead and guide my life. That's why it is so important to study the Word of God and to allow the Word of God to be consumed in your life. Because as you are being consumed, the Word of God is displaying of who you really are. I think one of the greatest hindrances is is the problems of hypocrisy within our churches. We say one thing on Sunday and then on Monday we say the same, we tell the same dirty jokes as the lost man would tell. We'd laugh at the same dirty jokes. We go to the same places as the lost man goes to. And yet we turn right around and we say on Sunday that I am a child of God. The Bible says, well, you're a liar. The truth is not in you. You say, well, pastor, that's rather harsh words. Well, you take it up with the editor of the Bible. Because that's what the Bible says. It's not what I've said. It's what the Word of God says. So in other words, number one, that my life, my life is to be a witness. It is to bear witness with the Word of God. That I should be able to walk and that the, the, the pathway should be of the Word of God. But not only God's Word bears witness, as you'll notice there in verse 5, but whoever keeps His Word, truly the love of God is perfected in Him. And by this we know that we are in Him. Do you see what I'm talking about? Do you see how the word is to confirm your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? But not only your, the word, but my works by the way that I live. Listen to what the Bible says in verse 3. Now, by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. People will not, I mean, you will not only know it, but people will know that you are a child of God. I hear people all the time say, well, you know, we're not supposed to judge. Well, my friend, the Bible does says we are to be fruit inspectors. The Bible reminds us, does it not, that by their fruit you shall know them? And that we are to be fruit inspectors. And so, I'm always skeptical when I hear somebody say, I'm not supposed to judge. In other words, what they're saying, don't judge me. But boy, I certainly can't inspect their fruit. And it's amazing to me. You say, well, Pastor, where are you coming from? You know, here's the thing that bothers me. We we have over 2,000 members on the church roll. Where are they this morning? Where are they? 
When I come to understand that I become accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, one of the great desires of my life is to be in God's house on a Sunday morning. To be with God's people, hearing the Word of God and digesting the Word of God and allowing the Word of God become the food for my soul. And those that never attend, and yet they tell me or they have said somewhere, somehow, someplace that they've accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and say, but where are they today? Even the FBI couldn't find some of them, my friend. What has happened? They're professing one thing and possessing something else. And he's talking about here. Heard about a Chinese Christian that got saved and got on fire for the Lord. And he was attending this large Baptist church. And he went up to the pastor and he says, Pastor, he says, you've got a problem in this church. He said, well, what's the problem? He says, you've got a lot of people in this church that are walky-walky. I mean, they are talky-talky Christians, but they're not walky-walky Christians. And that is so true. They talk it, but they don't walk it. My friend, I hear people say, well, what we need in our churches today is real revival. No, I think what we need is a real movement of salvation in our churches today. Billy Graham made a statement one time that I, I, I first of all thought, I'm not sure about that, but the more I thought about it, the more I believe it. He said the greatest mission field in our, in our world today is in our local churches. My! People at one time claimed that they've trusted Christ as their Savior, but now their life Proves that it's false. But oh, friend, I want you to understand one of the ingredients that know that I have the assurance of my salvation is obedience. That I obey the word of God and I allow the word of God to guide and trust my life. Real revival, my friend, is when God's people come and experience this element of belief and obedience. Charles Finney made a statement one time that uh, I want you to think about for a moment. He said, revival is nothing less than a new beginning of obedience to God. Whereas mind and conscience may have sensed the truth when revival comes. Obedience to the truth is the one thing that matters. I believe there's a good amen right there. One thing that truly matters. My friend, I want you to understand. There is no substitute in a life of a child of God for obedience. Sincerity is not a substitute. I had this person come to me one time that was living like the devil. And they knew that they were living like the devil. And I knew they were living like the devil. And they said this to me. said, Pastor... I know I'm not what I ought to be, but you just pray for me. I thought to myself, I'll pray for you. But you need to get your life straight the way that it ought to be. 
I can do all the praying in the world, but my friend, unless you desire to live for the Lord Jesus Christ, my prayers is not going to go too far. Sincerity. You can be sincerely wrong. Stewardship is not going to take the place of obedience. Some people think, oh, if I tip a dollar in the hat, that that's going to relieve me from my guilt and my burden of my lost ways. But friend, I'm here to tell you, stewardship is not going to matter. It's obedience. Obedience to the child, to the child of God as being fulfilling his purpose as a child of God. Service is not. I know people today, they'll work their fingers to the bone and thinking that because I'm working, 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 that that's going to give me assurance of my salvation. My friend, I want you to understand, you can be working and still be not doing God's will for your life. You could be in the, in the choir singing, but God wants you to be doing something else. You'd be out of the will of God, would you not? Let's first, for example, let's say that I'm in the army. And uh, sergeant comes to me and he says, I want you to pull KP duty. I want you to peel potatoes. He comes back about an hour later, and instead of me pulling, uh, peeling potatoes, I'm shining his boots. He asks me, he says, why aren't you peeling potatoes? Well, I like to shine boots better than I like to peel potatoes. Now, let me ask you, you think I'm going to get by with that? Absolutely not. And that's exactly what I'm trying to say to you. God has a plan and a purpose for our life. And it's so important that once we come to know Christ as our Savior, that we're fulfilling that by the way that we demonstrate who Christ is in our life. So... Number one, as you study this passage of Scripture in verse 3, assurance depends upon obedience. And because of that, obedience certainly is a test of our profession. But it's also a test of our position, that I am in Christ and Christ is in me. You can tell whether I'm keeping the Word of God. I can tell whether you're keeping the word of God. Somebody wrote this on a medieval castle wall. Listen to this. Certainly sounds like it'd be something could be put in the Bible. Listen to this. You call me master, and yet you obey me not. You call me light, and you see me not. You call me the way, but... You walk me not. You call me life, but you desire me not. You call me wise, but you follow me not. You call me fair, but you love me not. You call me rich and ask me not. You call me eternal and seek me not. You call me gracious and trust me not. You call me noble And serve me not. You call me mighty, but you honor me not. You call me just, but you fear me not. If I condemn you, blame me not. 
See what I'm talking about? We stand and we sing, trust and obey for there's no other way. We stand and we sing, I surrender all. And we don't, we don't believe that any more than a man in the moon. We're just going through a process. But when you begin to get serious about your walk with the Lord, you begin to realize that my walk should match my talk. And my talk should match my walk. But I want you to see something else. Look with me, if you would, please, in verse 5. Not only assurance depends upon obedience, but my attitude depends upon obedience. Listen to what the Bible says in verse 5. But whoever keeps... Now, that word keep is a very interesting word. It literally means to closely guard. Closely guard. It means to treasure something. It means to cherish it because it's something that is very valuable. But whoever keeps, guards, cherish his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. In other words, it's an attitude of keeping God's holy word. For example, when I give my offerings to the Lord, it's not the amount that he is watching, but it is my attitude. It is my reasoning and purpose behind it. There's three reasons why people obey. Some obey because they have to, like a servant would. Some obey simply because they need to, like an employee would. But then there are some that obey because they want to, as a child of God has a desire. Perfected. You see that word perfected in verse 5. means to mature. The more that I find myself loving the Lord Jesus Christ, the more that I find myself being obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the more obedience the more I find myself loving. Jesus said to Simon Peter, if you love me, you'll what? Feed my sheep. I hear people say, oh, pastor, I want you to pray for me that I'll love the lost. Well, my friend, I want to tell you something. Jesus is not telling you to love the lost. He's telling you to love him. And if you love him, you're going to love the lost. They come hand to hand. So here you began to think about the attitude. I've got the right kind of attitude of being obedient as a child of God. But I want you to see something else. Not only in verse 5, the attitude depends upon obedience. But look in verse 6, action depends upon obedience. Look what the Bible says in verse 6. He who says he abides in him all to himself also to walk just as he walked. Don't tell me you're abiding in the Lord Jesus Christ if you're not living for the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't tell me that you are, Christ is in you and you're in Christ if there's evidences of a world is have come and completely captivated your life. When a man's really saved, You began to listen to him, but you began to also watch him. 
I was trying to lead this lady to the Lord one time, and I'll never forget. She constantly, constantly uh, said, I do not, I can't accept him. And so I kept sharing with her the need of trusting Christ as her Savior and Lord. Finally, she told me why she didn't want to accept the Lord. She was afraid of being baptized. She's afraid of, of the water. And you know what was so amazing to me? Once she accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, she says, Pastor, I'm willing to do whatever you, what the Bible tells me to do. Isn't it amazing how your attitude changes? When Christ comes and He becomes available in your life and He becomes real in your life, that all of a sudden you have the right kind of attitude. There's a lot of people today have terrible attitudes. And the more you try to talk to them about the cause of Christ, the more they turn a deaf ear. But here you begin to see action depends upon obedience. Trying to live the life that Christ has demonstrated in and through your life. But I want you to see something else. Look with me in verse 7 and following. It says, Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you've had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment. What in the world is he talking about? What is he talking about? An old commandment and the new commandment. You go back and you study in the scriptures and you'll, you'll begin to realize the new commandment is John chapter 13. And it says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. One of the great expressions of salvation is by the way that you love one another. In the, in the, in the Old Testament, we have Moses with the Ten Commandments. When Jesus came, he condensed those Ten Commandments to two commandments. That I am to love the Lord Jesus Christ with all my heart, and with all my soul, and with all my mind. And that I am to love my neighbor as myself. And then I think it's interesting that Paul, when he comes along, he condenses those commandments to one commandment. Romans chapter 13 verse 10 says, love is the fulfillment of the law. It is amazing to me that when a child of God has experienced salvation to its fullest of the way that he has a right relationship with his fellow brothers and sisters. You have people today that will enter into a church such as this and they've had a falling out with somebody and they won't even talk to their neighbor. They won't even speak to their brother. And they're holding up resentment within their heart. My friend, I want you to understand that when salvation comes and there is an obedience, there's going to be affection. Affection of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you a question. Is there somebody in this church or somebody in your life that you have awed against? You said, well, Pastor, that's none of your business. 
Well, it is my business. Because I want you to understand what that does. That hinders, that hinders what God's trying to do in your life. And if I have salvation in my life, I want you to understand that there's going to be an affection toward my brother and sister and Lord. I heard about this little boy one time. The teacher asked him, now you don't hate anybody, do you? He says, no. But if I ever do, I've got the guy already picked out. That's the way a lot of people are today. But the Bible says there is a love that I am to have for my brother. It's the type of love that is commanded to me that I have toward my wife and my family. The Bible says that a man is to love his wife as his own self. I remember when Brenda was, uh, Brenda and I were first started dating, she'd walk into the room. All of a sudden, I'd have butterflies. My hands would begin to sweat. There would be something going up and down my backbone. Man, I'm telling you what. And that's called puppy love. Now, that don't happen anymore. With the exception, when she goes into the department store with the credit card. My hand starts getting sweaty. I start getting a lump in my throat. So it's not a feeling, but it's a commandment. Did you know you're commanded to love me? I'm commanded to love you with all my warts and with all my blemishes, with all that I carry within my life. You are commanded to love me. And one of the signs of salvation, my friend, is the affection that we show one another. That's why it's so important to be able to go into a, a, a church that is a church that is filled with love. I heard about a man one time, he would travel a long distance just to go to this one church. Pastor asked him and says, why do you come to our church? You've got all these other churches that you could go to. You pass by every Sunday. So why do you go to our church? He says, well, there's something about your church, Pastor. They'll love a man such like me. And that's what people are looking for. They're longing for somebody to love them. So what am I trying to say? There is something about obedience that will demonstrate our assurance with the Lord Jesus Christ. I have salvation. Something about obedience that will be demonstrated with my attitude. There's something about obedience that will be demonstrated within my life. Not only my attitude, but also my actions and my affections. I remember hearing about this old Indian chief And this Indian chief was talking to his braves. And he said to them, he says, you know, there's something that's inside of me. It's like two dogs. There's one that wants to do right and there's one that wants to do wrong. And one of the braves says, well, which one wins? The one that I feed the most. And that's the way it is within our lives today. 
My friend, I'm here to tell you today. Obedience is trusting and obeying. For there is no other way to be happy in the Lord but to trust Him. Do you have that assurance of your salvation today? Is there something in your life that's inconsistent with the Word of God? Is there something in your life that if people could see, they would wonder whether you were saved or not? My friend, I'm here to tell you that when you get your heart right and you get your life right, there will be consistency in your life. And that consistency will bring about assurance. It will give you the proper attitude. And it will give you the proper affection. Would you bow your heads with me in prayer? Every head bowed and every eye shut. John is very bold and he's very straightforward. And he tries to tell us how obedience is so important in our Christian life today. Would you sum your life up as a life of obedience or sum your life up as a life of rebellion? Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Father, in Jesus' name, as the Holy Spirit of God is working and moving among our people here today. There's some people here today that are wrestling with whether they have that assurance of their salvation. And because of inconsistency, it makes them wonder even more. But the Bible does remind us these things I've written unto you, that if you shall believe on these things, ye shall know that you have everlasting, eternal life. Lord Jesus, give us that assurance. Give us that understanding. Lord, there's some individuals here today that are living a double life. And that the Word of God is exposing them today. It's so important that we recognize that exposure and to confess it and to turn from our wicked ways. Lord, may the Spirit of God speak to our hearts of those that are lost and need salvation. 
Lord, there's some people here today that have trusted you, but they've never made their profession of faith public. Today, they need to make that public. So, Lord, have thy own will and way in this important hour, in this important moment. For we ask this in Jesus' name.